This is St. Peter and Volo podcast recording at Volo Mountain. Father Nathan Caswell. And with me today is Darren Greca and his lovely daughter, Mary. And thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us, Father. Thank you. Uh, so today we're going to talk a little bit about the Greca family, the Greca family journey. Uh, where'd you come from? Where'd you go? Well, first of all, yesterday was Memorial Day. And uh, it was a beautiful, sunny day, in Chicago at least. And uh, what did you do for Memorial Day? Uh, we went camping. We took, we bought a camper recently, so we took it out for the first time. Wow, first first time with a new camper? How did Very it go? First time. It went pretty well. First of all, we left uh, the land of Illinois mm-hmm. and went north to the land of Wisconsin, which we really appreciated. Mm-hmm. A uh, little less lockdown up there, uh-huh. and so uh, yeah, it went well. It was we learned a lot. We need to buy more stuff <laughs> to make things work, like leveling the camper. Oh, okay. And we were kind of on a hill, so we were a little off balance all weekend. It's okay. But I, I never thought of that. It's lots of sliding tables. <laughs> yeah. So we. How do you level a camper, like? So front to back is easy because it's got the little crank okay. you know, thing on the tongue there. So you can just crank it up or down oh, until gotcha. you get that level. Side to side is the harder thing. And you really have to have these little stacker things you put under the wheels. And we did not have enough. We were on quite the angle. So. Oh, wow. Good to know. A little camping yeah. tip from the from the Gracchus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great. So where did you go in Wisconsin? It's called Snug Harbor Campground up in uh, near uh, Delavan, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Sure, Delavan. On Turtle Lake. Right. That's where we uh, started uh, our walking pilgrimage last year. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, at, at Delavan, at, there's a church in Delavan, St. Anthony's. And uh, we got there Monday morning and walked into the church, and they had adoration on Monday morning. So it was like beginning our pilgrimage with adoration. And then and then from there, we walked up the highway and caught up with the uh, the... Uh, glacier, is it the glacier trail? The ice yeah. age trail, sorry, ice age, ice trail, age trail. Yes, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So then we're we're hiking on the ice age trail for five days. But I started in Delavan, so I've, I have a recently gained appreciation for Delavan. Yeah. Mary is very disappointed that there will not be a welcoming pilgrimage this year. Is it officially canceled? Oh, this is this is hard to bring up at the top of a podcast, but uh, it is officially canceled. I it just I just found out. Uh, and, uh, I believe me when I say that I am as disappointed as anyone, uh, because I, I need to, I need to walk and I want to see other people walk and we've been, I, I, we've missed a year, uh, doing it before. So we'll be back. We'll be back. I've done 10 of those myself. Wow. I mean, five years, you know, so I do it with the guys and the girls and, uh, I love it. I love it. Just doing the walking pilgrims, right? We'll we will do it again. This year is a we're gonna plan things out. We're gonna make things better. So when we come back, it'll be it'll be the greatest walking pilgrimage that ever existed on the face of the earth, more or less, more or less. That's my dream. That's my hope. Um, but yeah. So then, what are we gonna do this summer? That's the question. Seems like everything's canceled. Sports are canceled. Everything. I mean, camping is probably the only thing that's not canceled. I was Most of them are, but but a few of the private campgrounds okay. are open. 
Okay. Oh, good. So one of the things that was different was they had, they only allowed campers with, you know, full hookup. In other words, all of their public facilities were closed. So you couldn't oh, tent okay. camp or, or pop up camp. You had to have a, a full camper. So, which is part of the reason we, we bought ours. Nice. So we can get out and do those things. Cool. Yeah. I had a great time yesterday at St. John Cantus. We had the uh, uh, first ever annual, uh, no doubt, uh, Cannons Wiffle Ball League game. Extravaganza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was really good. They did, they prepared everything so well. It was just, I mean, this, they had the grass mode just perfectly. They had the bases out and they had scoreboards and all the, it's live streams. You can, you can catch that in replay. I imagine we'll be seeing these, uh, in the highlights of the highlights of the week, um, for sports. Cause it's the only sport I know that actually happened. So, <laughs> right. I heard, anyway. I heard father Trenton's quite the pitcher. He is, uh, he is a pitcher. He is a pitcher, a, a great pitcher. Uh, he struck out quite a few. Um, uh, I will say in my defense, I struck him out twice in my <laughs> pitching, but um, not that I'm bragging or anything, but <laughs> well done. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it was so fun. Uh, and it's just great to get out there and play a game and sing the national anthem. Uh, three national anthems, starting with the American national anthem, and uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. So anyway, the Greca family story. Uh, where does it all begin? <laughs> well, we, we only have so much time, so I think we're going to start on the the most most recent move that the Greca family had, and so we. Uh, before we moved to Chicagoland, we were not from here and never really had any plans to move here, but we were living down at Peoria. Mm-hmm. We'd been there for about six and a half years. Yeah, it was about six, six, seven years. Yeah. And uh, and the kids really had grown up there. So I, I guess to flush out the story. So we've got myself and, and Katrina my wife, and then we've got seven lovely children, mm-hmm. uh, five girls and two boys, uh, Abigail, Mary, Raina, Bethany. Maximilian, uh, Faith, and James, and and one in heaven, and so we uh, we were living in Peoria. James was not quite born yet; uh, he was on the way, and we really liked Peoria. We really uh, we weren't from there. We moved there from Michigan. Um, I moved there for a job. I'm an attorney by trade, and that's the boring stuff, right? But uh, I went from a law firm in Detroit to. Uh, corporation in Peoria. They'll remain nameless, but they make gi- big, giant construction equipment. So fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, we call that in-house in the attorney world. And so working in-house was a much better fit for my family, much better work-life balance. Um, we really enjoyed our community there. We had a really good Catholic community. Our parish was a, a, a nice parish, but it was just really the people. We actually had a couple of neighborhoods we'd all mm-hmm. kind of moved into it was two neighborhoods we were almost all walking distance from each other yeah we were less than a half a mile away there was about eight to ten families all with young yeah. kids big families um you know so it's just a, a real community and we were uh we're just kind of minding our own business and uh you know welcoming our new our new baby when dad got a uh, an email from a recruiter for a position up here in the, in the Chicagoland area, specifically in Northbrook. Hmm. 
what was intriguing about this was it was a um, at the time the corporation I worked for is a very large corporation, lots of attorneys. This was more of an opportunity of uh, I would be as a family company. I'd be one of three attorneys instead of one of 300 attorneys. Wow. And I was kind of getting down on the politics. The work-life balance was starting to erode. There was a lot of pressure to work longer and longer hours. And so we, uh, this was an intriguing prospect. However, everything personally was going magnificent. Uh, it, it reminds me of a, a movie. There was too many, too many similarities for me not to bring it up, but it's a great, great movie if you haven't seen it. Uh, Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. Sure, so a sure. beautiful movie. That the father is an attorney. He's working for a, a law firm in St. Louis, and he gets this big opportunity to move to New York to become a junior partner. And he's got this family. He's got four daughters and a son, so kind of very similar to our family. And he kind of breaks all their hearts by telling them he's going to move them to New York. So I'm, I'm literally – what time of year is this, Mary? Uh, it's, it's right around Christmas time. It's right around yeah. Christmas time. So a wonderful <laughs> Christmas present to uh, to tell your children, hey, I know you love it here so much. Do you want to move? You weren't quite you weren't quite that happy about it. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, Mary. How how happy were um, you about that? Not too happy. There were many tears and uh, How old were you at this time? I was eleven. Okay. So um we we had we really did have we had a beautiful community um a lot of a lot of families right around our age oldest and youngest mm-hmm. um the ages matched up and it was it was really going good and i can't say we were all happy to move <laughs> sure no that's it's really hard it's also a wonderful thing to suggest to your wife when she's nine and a half months pregnant <laughs> that it would be a great idea to pack up the house and move to Chicagoland. Um, so that was great. So I was kind of feeling like a villain about this time, uh-huh. uh, but also feeling like there was something there. Like there was something – there was some reason I needed to move up here, and I didn't know what it was, but I just – felt in the pit of my stomach that this was the right thing. And it, you know, it's funny, a lot of people come to Chicago, it's big and, you know, and because they usually get in a big job, you know, and, and this was kind of funny because I was going to what I was hoping to be a much better work-life balance for my family. So moving mm-hmm. to the big city to really slow down. Sure. And that's what felt right. And, mm-hmm. and so that was one of the things that it really kind of kept sticking with me is I, I just felt like there was something you know, that, that we needed to do. Um, unfortunately, all these personal things were just adding up. I mean, another one that was, that added up really perfectly was we, um, since we moved to Peoria. So since my oldest Abigail, she, she completed second grade in, in public school in Michigan. And we decided when we moved to Peoria that we would homeschool. And partly we were led by the spirit on that. And because we moved in, in August and, and so trying to find a school in August is very difficult. Mm-hmm. And we had been praying a lot about it and, and researching, and we decided to homeschool, and we've been homeschooling ever since. Okay. Abigail at the time was an eighth grader, and she was going to be a freshman in the fall. And lo and behold, two of our families that lived in our community uh, were going to start a Chesterton Academy. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it's a, it's a sure. really neat uh, model, a Catholic uh, model of education um, for high school 
specifically mm-hmm. and and caters a lot to homeschoolers and and the model certainly intrigued me and I liked it a lot and so I was actually helping my friends to to start Chesterton Academy I was helping with some of the legal paperwork that we needed to found the school that makes a lot of sense yeah I'm seeing I'm seeing something here where things are going all right go ahead yeah yeah for <laughs> sure and and so all these things personally are great and then you know but uh you know I've got this opportunity and so uh, we, we have James. So James comes on January 3rd. I believe the children know at that time. I didn't tell them on Christmas day because I didn't want that to be a Christmas present. <laughs> Super mean. Uh, Mary You're and I were, re- were recollecting. I believe, <laughs> I believe so, Abigail and Mary knew something. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. They're older and they're more perceptive. So when dad disappears for a day to drive up to Chicago for an interview, mm-hmm. they tend to pay attention. So, um, so anyhow, so we... Uh, we have James, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. Our, our, we, we always wait to find out the sex of our children until they're actually born. And so that was our, our second boy, and, and we were very excited about that. James Aquinas uh, was born January oh. 3rd, 2017. And, um, and and it was really important. The kids wanted to finish some things they were doing in the school year. So mm-hmm. uh, Mary and Abigail were part of a homeschool theater group. And they had just gotten roles in that. And was that CYT? No, it was team drama. It, it's not a community thing. It's it was a single thing. It was originally a homeschool group that did a theater, but the the co op kind of evaporated, and the it was just a a homeschool drama group. So that's cool. Did, yeah, no, that's great. I, that's one of my favorite thing about homeschool groups is these things that just that you know, different plays show up, different you know. People coming together and someone has an idea and those things just pop up. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we, so we, uh, that was in April. And so I, I did the thing where I kind of, of course, the, the company, new company wanted me to start right away. So I came up to Chicago land and thankfully worked remotely uh, on Fridays. Now, now, of course, in light of COVID, I could have probably started and worked <laughs> the first <laughs> two months remotely like I'm doing now with the rest of the world. But back then, they wanted yeah. me in the office four days a week, so I, I did that and then worked f- from home on Fridays. And so I spent the weekends in Peoria and, and the rest of the time up here. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we're just trying to find a place to stay up here, right? I'm, I'm living out of a hotel room during the four days I'm here, and we knew we wanted to rent. And we wanted to rent because Chicagoland was overwhelming to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Northbrook was, a, was a, a great town. I'm glad it wasn't downtown. I don't know that I would have moved here and, and worked downtown. So there's a lot of good options. You know, we thought about maybe living in Wisconsin. We thought about all of the areas where, you know, the, the idea was limit dad's commute as much as possible so I could enjoy this good work-life balance I could have at this new company. And so we really were led, we were looking all over the place, but the rental market at the time was very hot and houses were going left and right. And we only have so many options because we have a large family, so mm-hmm. we can't rent a two-bedroom house. Yeah. And so that led us to Long Grove, uh, kind of near Mundelein, and we started testing out some churches around that area. Well, I should probably fill in one other, you know, kind of uh, key to the story was, you know, so we were trying to, fu- to start this Chesterton with my friends down in Peoria. We knew we wouldn't be able to do that moving to Chicagoland, but my friends were modeling 
theirs off of. By the way, they're part of the Chesterton Schools Network, so that they weren't inventing this from the ground up. Right. They were using kind of a, a template that had been done by these other Chesterton schools. Well, a very successful Chesterton school is up in Downers Grove, mm-hmm. and we knew that. And so we were in contact immediately with um, uh, Brenny and, and Julie Bowles up there yep. to find out about could we, could we go to Chesterton. And they were very happy to have us. And we were starting to make plans for that. We actually looked at places around Downers Grove, except for one thing. There's this highway known as 294 that's in between <laughs> Northbrook and Downers Grove. Sure. And I drove that several times practicing, you know, during the week when I was living here to see what would my commute look like mm-hmm. if I were driving back and forth from Downers Grove to Northbrook. And it was pretty brutal. It was going to be over an hour. And that was on a good day. And after a lot of prayer, and that one really kind of broke our hearts because we really wanted to start Abigail in the fall at Chesterton. And we just decided that from our family's perspective and from, you know, the other six children that I wanted to spend time with, it just wasn't going to work out. Mm -hmm. And so we decided Mm -hmm. to look northwest of Northbrook. And again, that brought us to Long Grove, which was more of an accident because that was the one that was available and Got our application in really, really quick. Looking back now, I'm really glad we did. So Mary, tell us about some of the churches we we toured kind of near there. And you don't have to name them specifically, but just we, we tried out some churches kind of around our area. We went to a couple. A lot of them, I think one of the things for me was a lot of them didn't have very many kids. There weren't very many big families. Um, and And I just didn't feel pulled to the community at all in any of them. Yeah. One of the tests that, that Katrina and I try to use for, for when looking for parishes is how many hours of confession are heard mm. per week at the church. I'm a big believer. I, I won't go into this story. This is a whole separate podcast, but I, once upon a time, I was a seminarian and mm-hmm. I went to uh, two years at St. John Vianney Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay. Wow. And so I really fell in love with St. John Vianney. And mm-hmm. I, I really believe, you know, and obviously if people don't know the story, he, he, one of his many gifts was he was an amazing confessor. And people right. would come for miles to, to go to confession. So, so if I can guess where you're going, your ideal is 18 hours of confession a day <laughs> per priest. Per day, yes. <laughs> per priest, yes. Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe not You have not high that. standards. You have high standards. <laughs> right. That's good. <laughs> um, but I really do. I mean, I, I you know, it, it bothers me, you know, looking at it. And there was a, one of these churches we went to, and it was a beautiful church. The, the pastor was a great guy, very welcoming. There were a lot of kids there, not a lot of big families, but there were tons of kids there. And it was one of these you know, rather large churches, but it had 45 minutes of scheduled confession per week. Mm-hmm. You know, And I'm just doing the math thinking, so maybe if you listen real quick, you got 15 confessions, and a parish decides, you know, it's got to be 2,500 families there. Yeah. Right. And so right. I, I just, it's just kind of that heart of it, you know, that it's important to us. And so we still hadn't found St. Peter's yet. We were praying and we were looking around. Um, and uh, and it, was, it was actually, so one of the things that we took with us is we, uh, my girls have been part of an organization called American Heritage Girls. Mm-hmm. And it's a great organization, a Christian organization. And, um, you know, it's kind of like Girl Scouts, but with all the, Stuff, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, I, it, 
they always look really sharp. They always like uh, I things what I see of them. The patriotism is, is huge. Um, uh, Christianity. Uh, are they specifically Christian? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. A they, girl does not across. need to be Christian to join, mm-hmm. but all of the adults are are Christians, and the organization is Christian. And a, a girl does have to uh, believe and, and say the oath, which is which includes a belief in God. So, mm. cool. Um, yeah, no, that's a great, it's great. Everything I've seen from the American Heritage Girls has been very nice. They, I think, they've led the Pledge of Allegiance at different rallies and things that I've been at. So it's very nice. Yeah. So we knew a, a number of uh, American Heritage Girls from Arlington Heights. So mm-hmm. even though we weren't quite right there, we were close enough to the Arlington Heights troop, and we knew them from going to summer camp every every summer down in Decatur, and it was actually hosted by the Arlington Heights troop. Um, and so we just to try to give some normalcy to the kids, we had just moved up here. In May, I took – how many did I take, Mary? Was it, it was you and Abigail – did Raina go with us in Bethany or not? Is it all four of you guys? To the spring camp out, Camp Sullivan. Oh, I want to say it was. I want to say it was up to Raina. I don't think Bethany was there though. Okay, so anyhow, I took a few of the kids with us, and and lo and behold, we're there, and it was this rainy, rainy weekend. Thank, thankfully, the people there had a cabin open, and they let us move to the cabin the first night because it was so waterlogged, and the tents were full of water because somebody didn't put them up right. But <laughs> we got there late, driving that 294 sector down to Camp Sullivan, which is near, I'm not even sure, because I don't know any of my suburbs. I, I just moved up here. So um, sure. in any event, we're there, and also there are the Nelsons. So we, we knew uh, Rose and Mark Nelson from mm-hmm. uh, summer camp and uh, Grace and Eve. Yeah. And so they were there at camp with us. Uh-huh. And I was getting and talking with, you know, Rose and I, were, we knew we were both Catholic because uh, we would pray a rosary together at, at summer camp. We tried every night to get together and all the Catholic girls and, and adults would pray a rosary. Nice. And so we were chatting about our search for a parish. And she said, you you have to come to St. Peter's in Volo. And I'm like, Vo what? Vo who? Well, who? What? <laughs> I don't even know where this is. You know, I'm I'm in Long Grove and I didn't know what that was till I moved there. <laughs> So we tried it out. So shortly after that, I think Mary was recalling, it was right after we got back from summer camp. So they went to summer camp. It was right after summer camp, and we came to St. Peter's for the first time. I was a little, like, I guess out of my element. I was like, we went to the Latin Mass. I was like, what's going on? What is this <laughs> book? I have no idea what they're saying. It was it was interesting. Well, so was that, the, that was the first time you've ever seen the Latin Mass? Um, I want to say the Cathedral of Peoria. I don't, they did some Latin, but they didn't do a full Latin mass. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it was more like the Nor- Novus Ordo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was the kids' first exposure to the to the Tridentine Mass. Sure, sure. I had been before, we had been a uh, parish we were at in Michigan was a more traditional parish. They didn't do it regularly, but they would have the Latin mass here and there. And I, I kind of accidentally went one time on a Saturday morning and was rather lost, but Sure. But but it seemed it seemed neat, and I that's knew that's usually how it starts, right? Yeah, and and I knew about it, and I, and I mm-hmm. loved the beauty of it. I just was very lost, mm-hmm. and so anyhow, so we went to that, and then but what we you know what we liked, so we obviously you know we were all kind of fumbling through our little red books trying to find out where we were and right and follow along, but we we loved it when we pulled in. I mean, there was big van after big van and large families and 
you know, we felt to some degree that we were home. Hmm. You know, we, we no longer felt like a fish out of water. I mean, kind of felt when we moved to Chicago, this big city, and there's lots of people, and there's lots of traffic, and, and it's kind of crazy, and it's fast-paced, and, and, and yet here we, we found St. Peter's. And so we, we liked it enough that we wanted to come back the next week, and lo and behold, you guys had your annual picnic that next week. Oh, wow. Yeah, great. So we came to the 930 Mass, which was always kind of our, our normal Mass time anyways. We, mm-hmm. We've never been able to quite get up for an earlier Mass with all the kids. Sure. But I don't like to go to too late of a mass because then I kind of feel like my whole Sunday's gone. I like to we like to gather. It's with kind of that friend. sweet spot for mass on Sunday. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you know we really like gathering. You know that's one of the things we did in Peoria. We would get together with our friends on Sundays. You know because we all a lot of us wouldn't work and so we'd we'd get together and and just be together. You know and uh, and so anyhow so we came to the nine thirty we went to the picnic and. Everybody was, of course, very welcoming. Um, lots of families met tons of people that, of course, we immediately forgot all their names. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we just really felt like a place. I think the Katrina and I really like to look for a place where we can be fed, mm-hmm. and St. Mm-hmm. Peter's seemed like a place where we could come to be fed. Um, you know, we, it was very important for us uh, with our children. You know, I, I really liked the English Mass. I thought that was when we went to the English Mass. I thought, wow, this is this is something because I had sang in a in a scola when I was in seminary. Mm-hmm. I loved the Gregorian chant. I loved the, the Latin hymns, and I love singing. Um, I do like it's nice being at the English Mass just because then, especially with the younger kids too, you know, as you're trying to get them to pay attention more and more and and get you know get involved, it's easier for them to kind of follow along as well. Right. Um, and so immediately a lot of the, you know, kids joined the choir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we joined the choir shortly afterwards. That's that's really where I started meeting a lot of people. So be thankful for that. Yeah, no, that's that's a good thing about choir. So I uh, yeah, I'm so I'm I'm as I'm listening to your story here, this big move, you're how old were you? I was eleven. You were eleven when you moved. And uh I remember when I when I moved, big move in the middle of my I was fifteen. My brother Joshua, now Father Joshua, was 11, and we moved from the city to the middle of northern Saskatchewan, and it was traumatic. It was a traumatic. It was. I left all my friends. I had. I was in my social network was established. So I thought, you know, I I was was really uh, getting somewhere in the world, and then uh, and all of a sudden everything changed, Um, and it was really hard, but. Looking back, that move was was really life changing, and it gave me so many gifts. It made, gave me such a greater perspective, seeing both you know the city and the wilderness, you know, and for you to see Peoria and Peoria and Chicago, you know, two very different places. Peoria <laughs> uh, has lots of cornfields. Chicago has lots of cars. Right, right. Lots of cars. Lots of cars. <laughs> Uh, do, do you remember Michigan much? Um, I remember a little bit, not a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember mostly. We have a lot of family down there, so we get together with my cousins a lot. So, mm-hmm. but it's great. All of these different things uh, that happen in our life, they may be they may be trying in some ways, and, and I'm sure for you to to pick up your family and move was a uh, was difficult for you to say we have to make this big move, you know. And, but then the reward of 
stepping out, I think of Abraham, you know, had to step out and follow God's will and take his family and, you know, you know, that, that's where God's blessing lies, is in being faithful to God, um, even though in the immediate, it may seem, uh, it's making people uncomfortable, it's, you know, it's taking people of what, it, what, what they're used to, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I congratulate you on your, you know, faithfulness to God, to follow him and do what's best for your family, you know, especially you say you have the intention of balancing your home life and family life. I mean, sorry, uh, work life and family life. How's that going for you? It's going great. Right now, <laughs> I couldn't be more happy, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm at home. Uh, yeah. It, I, I will say it would be difficult to go back to work. And even though Wakanda is, is much closer to Northbrook than, um, you know, than where, where it could be, it's still, you know, 45 minutes one way on the road that I have to spend with all those cars. So, um, but even then it's been, it's been great. And, you know, and it was interesting before we found St. Peter's, I mean, you know, I was had some doubts myself, you know, I mean, I'm, I remember driving back and forth to work and stuck in traffic and, and, you know, thinking, and my kids upset with me because we moved to this place and our, our neighborhood we were at in, in our rental, we, we like kind of wide open spaces and we not only moved from, Peoria, we also moved from a house with two acres and and a lot of place to, to, to roam around to a, a small subdivision, you know, with, with a quarter of an acre. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were on a corner, so we, we didn't even have a backyard. We had, like, this big deck. It was really weird. Had a lot of trees in it. We also had activist neighbors. Uh, for one, <laughs> I got to share this. I got a, a citation for a $100 fine for having a plastic slide <laughs> in my front yard. Are you serious? A, a slide that is about Absolutely. two feet tall. It's a little little tyke slide for a toddler. Where was this? In Wakanda? And this is in Long Grove. In Long Grove. Oh, <laughs> this wow. is in our subdivision. Apparently, it was against the uh, the, the board rules or, or HOA rules or whatever. So. Oh, my goodness. That's... It doesn't make you feel very welcome <laughs> when you get a citation for a plastic slide. In your was front it yard. because it's plastic or because it was a slide? Because it was in the front yard. It had to they be in the backyard it equipment. that we didn't have. Like play equipment or something. Okay. Like as if we had built sure. a huge jungle gym, you know, yeah. in our front yard. You're ruining, you're ruining the effect of the neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yeah, I guess that's another part of our, our story. You're probably so we, having more than one child was, <laughs> was a problem too. <laughs> right. That, that's, a, that's a backdoor way of saying you have too many kids, get out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we complied finally. But anyhow, after finding St. Peter's, you know, I really started, you know, my wife and I kind of looked at each other and said, okay, this is starting to make sense now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- this is, we're thinking this is kind of why God brought us up here. There's something for us to learn. There's something, for, ways for us to grow. And, you know, seeing my kids and seeing, you know, my my, my daughters, you know, sing the, the Latin hymns. And, and even just, we've been blessed as we've been streaming like the rest of the country uh, and thank you, Father, for letting us uh, uh, check out a few Gregorian missiles from the uh, St. Peter Library. We've been able to follow along and and sing, and, and I'm grateful that I have children that nice. can sing and chant, and chanting right along with the the fathers and brothers of St. John Cantius when we stream, live stream their masses and you, and your masses when you live stream those. And so, wonderful! It, it's been such a blessing and. About a year ago, we, we moved to Wakanda, so we had an opportunity to buy a house, get out mm-hmm. of that neighborhood, move closer to St. Peter's, which we now were 
uh, we were all in. We knew that this is where we wanted to be. Um, and lo and behold, kind of right around that time, uh, we also found something else out, which I got a uh, somebody had emailed a flyer for an informational meeting for Chesterton Academy in McHenry County. Uh huh. And I was like, huh, because you know, obviously we didn't go to Chesterton down in Downers Grove, which has now moved to Lyle. Um, Abigail has been uh, and Mary have been homeschooling in high school. We found an online uh, program called Homeschool Connections, which is a Catholic homeschool. Um, online opportunity, really good one, by the way. Um, but I've always kind of had that, you know, I really wanted to get back to Chesterton. I really, I really love the model. And lo and behold, there was a group of families in McHenry County that were looking to start one. And so we went to the meeting. I kind of let the cat out of the bag that I had been involved in, in starting a Chesterton in Peoria. And they immediately roped me into the, into the, <laughs> le- the leadership. And, and I'm now one of the board members trying to, to, to found uh, Chesterton Academy in the northwest suburbs here, mm-hmm. and very very excited to announce, as we announced a couple weeks ago, that we found our location, and our location is St. Peter and Volo. St. Peter's and Volo here on Volo Mountain. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, this is very exciting. It's very exciting because we have a we have a big school. It hasn't been open since 1960 as a school. I, I don't know uh-huh. some sometime around then. And uh, so it was a Catholic school, but it's just been empty. We use it for religious education, but for the school days, it's it's not it's not used. Um, and so this is wonderful. When I heard Chesterton Academy, because I'm I'm familiar with the uh, Chesterton Academy in uh, Downers Grove now, Lyle, um, and I see the good work that they're doing there, the education that um, you know, the classical education, the um, very Catholic, beginning every day with Mass, mm-hmm. you know, just that everything you'd want in Catholic education and that they were looking for a place. And uh, I was, uh, I, w- I suddenly was very excited when I, when the two things clicked in my head and I was like, what if we could do this? You know, what if, what if this is the place? And now you, you were all looking in McHenry for a place. I don't know. So that's a whole nother diocese, a whole nother county, a whole nother, like, so I didn't even know how much work it was to switch over to Lake County, to Volo, to the Archdiocese of Chicago, mm-hmm. um, to rent from then, from the Archdiocese, uh, because you're renting the building. You know, Correct. it's not St. Peter's school. Exactly. Uh, and for that, I'm also grateful, I have to admit, sure. uh, that the school will be present there and, and that. And that there's a board of very capable people who will be running the school, right? <laughs> and, and it's not something that I have to you know think about too much, except for uh, just be very glad that you're that you'll be there. So that'll be opening this fall. This fall, yeah, yeah. And and as an attorney, you know, I can I can appreciate. I mean, the, the two are completely distinct, legal entities, liability wise, everything. Right? It's not a mm-hmm. it's not a Saint Peter's school, but but we are thrilled that you guys are thrilled to have us because there are so many opportunities. You know, uh, every Chesterton school has mass every day. That's part of the model. That's mm-hmm. part of the the truly Catholic, um, you know, charism of the Chesterton schools. But many. Chesterton schools are not located at, you know, a Catholic school or, or on the premises with the Catholic Church, just for reasons of, you know, finding a place they can afford. You know, one of the keys to Chesterton is, uh, is that it be affordable. 
You know, we, we looked at some educational opportunities here in Chicago, and even as an attorney, those dollar signs scared me. They, they um, some nearly more than my law school cost me to go to. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure how other families with seven kids could possibly afford that. And so we want to try to keep it affordable. And so uh, rent is a concern. So many of the schools are at you know empty Protestant schools or, or, or churches or buildings. And so we get the opportunity to be here with the canons, and we couldn't be more thrilled. And and Justin, what gets me excited about it is, you know, it's a classical education. I didn't know what that meant, you know, uh, before, right? And, and so now, as I understand it, you know, working with my my friends down in Peoria, you know, one of the keys to it is is it one of, it's the great books. You know, it's it's learning not just you know facts and, and memorization, but it's learning how to think. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the things, and, it, and it's personally for me really important because what seminary did for me is I was always a, a smart student. I was I was good. I was especially good at math and science. And a lot of the English topics, I was, you know, I'm not a fast reader, so it's hard for me to read a bunch of fluff and right. to try to. And I, and I didn't. I have a very right brain, so I don't have the creative mind to to come up with these wonderful stories and, and to write creatively. So I struggled in those areas. I mean. Not poorly, but but compared to my math and my science, you know, not, not nearly as good. Well, when I entered seminary, I entered in in my technically I was a sophomore, but I was would have been my junior year. So I'd been two years in college, didn't quite have enough credits to be a junior. And the fastest way I had to get enough philosophy in minor seminary to go on to major seminary in in two more years. And so the fastest way to do that was to major in philosophy. You know, and at the time that's that's kind of weird. I'd never taken a philosophy course ever. And so when I found philosophy and specifically when I found logic, yep. it was like that moment in the movie Matrix when Neo yes. can finally see everything, all the, the, the zeros and yeah. numbers all now look like, you know, all the code looks like people. Right. And when I found logic, it was like I matched you know, math with words and uh-huh. it all came and made sense to me. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of my seminarian brothers who were in my class, as I ruined every curve there was because I just, I, I, I stuck to logic. It was just, it just made absolute sense to me, and, and I'm so grateful that that's a major part of the curriculum. They take four years of philosophy at Chesterton. That is, that's so excellent. It's so like, yeah. if there's one thing that our whole our society needs. Is for people. I mean, we have to to begin again at logic, because when I mean, you look at the political discourse, uh, it's not even discourse. You can't even call it discourse, and because there's no there's no rational, you know, connecting A to B. There's no uh, there's no major, minor, and then a conclusion. Right. It, it's it's just you know it's shouting insults. It's it's just. Uh, it's almost meaningless. Right. So we need to go back and learn logic. When my mother was teaching us, uh, homeschooling us, uh, she started emphasizing logic. And that is, like you said, that was one thing that that really that really clicked, that made me, went from, a, a, you know, a kid who just didn't want to, just wasn't engaged didn't care, was angry about having moved <laughs> to, uh, to suddenly being able to having the tools to think through something, you know? And, and that was, yeah, 
It, so anyway, that's really great. Four years of philosophy. Yeah. I, I as a semin, you know, as a priest, I had. You have to get an undergraduate in philosophy, and I loved philosophy more than anything. In those four years, it was it was so wonderful to, to go through all these different thinkers, go through all the thought, uh, and I thought for a moment that philosophy was just really the greatest thing until I got to theology. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's it builds on that. It right? absolutely you, does. Yeah. Theology picks up where philosophy leaves off. So yep. yeah. that's yeah. the beauty. Another thing, and I know, you know, I'd like Mary to speak on this a little bit, but is, uh, is the emphasis on the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mary, what are some things you're looking forward to at Chesterton with the arts programs? Um, well, art is one of my favorite subjects. Um, I like looking at the history and I like being able to create. We do four years of art um, and we do a theater program. We do plays for the sophomore, junior, and seniors, but I think we're gonna we're gonna have freshmen do it too, right? It, we believe so. Yeah, it all depends on what our how we look like in the fall and how many grades we've got and how many people we have. We might just end up doing one one school wide uh, play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then everybody takes choir. Right. Yes, there's a there's a choir. Um, we we would sing um, at mass in the morning, most mornings, and we go over exciting. big pieces all together as a school. Do four parts. Wow! Yeah. And I really like that, you know, because when I went to school, I went to public school. Both my wife and I were both public school. You know, there was all these electives, and I remember my my freshman year, I had. Um, in middle school, I, I played in the band, you mm-hmm. know, like it was just something to do, but I was actually half decent at it. I, I played the alto sax and, and I can't remember what chair I was, but I was, I was decent, you know? And I remember I, the only reason I didn't do marching band and continue with band was because I only had so many electives mm-hmm. and I, it, that took a whole hour. I had six hours total. Um, and they were all year long thing. There was a, a couple were semester longs, but you had to have math and all that stuff. And so it was really easy to cut out the arts. Mm-hmm. So I really like that the arts are a part of it. it. And everybody takes choir. It doesn't matter how you how you sing. I, I was listening to That's a, excellent. Right. I was just listening to a recent podcast, and you were just talking about this, that really anybody can learn to sing, That's in, right. especially in a choir. That's right. And I think it's one of the, the major, I don't know, the problems, or maybe it's just an effect or consequence of, of other things, but... The, the fact that Catholics can't sing is is something that's wrong with the church. Mm-hmm. That we need to sing. God made us to sing. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, and it, it takes work. It takes work to develop it. And if not, you're not taught it at a young age, uh, it becomes even harder. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's – and when you, when you learn to sing, uh, when you learn to sing, you, you learn to exp- – you learn to express your emotions. You you learn a greater emotional emotional intelligence. I guess that's what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you sing in a choir, you learn to you learn to be part of a community. I was just thinking about this: how in Escola, if you want to be part of a community, the the fastest way to become incorporated into it or to um, to, to be affected by it 
is to sing with that community because then you're vulnerable. You put yourself <laughs> out there, you're, you're vulnerable, you're, and you will be corrected by the rightness or wrongness of your tone and right. your, your pride is in effect, you know, your pride <laughs> is in play. And so you have to humble yourself. You have to accept correction. You have to say, okay, I'm not the, I'm not all of this group. I'm only a part of this group. You know, there's so many lessons in, in just singing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, one of the things I learned is, you know, I sang in some choirs and, and I was always, you know, I could always sing. Okay. I had a decent voice, but it was when I finally learned to use my ears mm-hmm. was when I finally really learned to sing. And it was, yes. one is just, you know, listening to, and, and not, you know, and connecting, right? And, mm-hmm. and taking that in and kind of letting myself become a part of rather than apart from, you know, of course, there's all sorts of ramifications of that one I've learned uh, in my life. But, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, that's where I really learned it was, was using those ears, you know, God gave them in ears and mouth and the proportion he intended us to use them. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so um, also part of the Chesterton curriculum is Latin. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very excited that uh, yeah we, we teach. Um, I think it's three or maybe four years of Latin. There might be. I think the fourth year uh, there's some options if the students would like to take other languages. And I believe we have a full three years of Latin. Mm-hmm. And very excited that Father Robin Kwan mm-hmm. has is willing and has been given permission and we are very excited perhaps to, to have him be our Latin teacher at Chesterton in the fall. So, and I think Father Robin would be a great, great Latin teacher. Uh, I know a few people more studious than Father Robin (laughs) and, uh, he definitely does spends the time preparing classes. I've seen him prepare his classes for RCA and things like that. He's, uh, so that, that, that's very exciting. Yeah. That's very exciting. So because everyone, I mean, everyone wants to know Latin, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> but not everyone wants to do the work of learning a new language, new learning, right. you know, it's it's hard. But, um, but when you're taught it, when you're at an age when you are very receptive to learn languages, what a gift, what a great gift, you know, mm-hmm. to learn, to have a door open to to so many great works uh, of, you know, of, of the past, to have your to, uh, a door open to the church and so much of the tradition of the church, to be able to enter into Mass uh, that's being said in Latin, where you're singing in Latin, and to not have any obstacle between you and the words. I mean, that's, a, it's a, that's pretty great. Right. The, the church has said the faithful sh- should learn the parts uh, that are theirs in Latin mm-hmm. so that the you know so that the whole Roman Catholic Church can sing in Latin together right we're very far from that <laughs> but we can start somewhere yeah yeah and I can attest to that uh, my eldest Abigail has been taking Latin through homeschool connections for it's been four years now, Mary? Is it your uh, fourth or third year? Well, it's four years. The, four years. The middle school classes, mostly yeah. just games and right. kind vocabulary of, words. Their middle school Latin is kind of more familiarity with Latin things, mm-hmm. a little bit of the words. But uh, but she's really it's really been a blessing for her, you know, to learn that and to to go through that. So we're very excited to 
to offer that for, for Chesterton. And in our search, obviously, it's nice to have our Latin instructor, our Latin teacher all lined up, but we are, we're currently working. I mean, that's what we're working on right now is building our, our faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I would ask, of course, for all the prayers of your listeners. Absolutely, um, yeah. for, our, for our Chesterton Academy, uh, we have a lot of work to do to get going. Uh, COVID-19 did not help one iota. No. <laughs> the process. No. Uh, we were uh, actually planning our, our – our, our first inaugural uh, gala charity event um, in person mm-hmm. for the end of April um, when all of this went kaplooey. Uh, we had a venue lined up. We had everything. We were just ready to send out our invites and shelter COVID-19. in place. COVID-19. The wow. bane of Mary's existence, by the way. <laughs> I'm sure. As I a quick it. aside, Mary, how, how much do you love COVID-19? <laughs> Not a lot. I, I love spending time with people and lots of them, and <laughs> COVID-19 is not allowing that. Right. Yeah. No, it, it is. You're not alone. I miss going to going to church on Sundays. I think it's one of the things I miss most. Yeah. I would uh, I'd say that's the th- one of the things I miss most is the 800 people who don't show up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, we a lot of people. Uh, you know, we've had a couple of gatherings at our house. You know, they would be, of course, be uh, uh, COVID super spreaders. <laughs> now, I would imagine, because we we love to pack as many people. And uh, when we moved to Baconda, we we were blessed enough to be able to afford a nice place with a couple acres and a lot of place to run to run around. So we love just piling enough people over and and having good. Good fellowship and good Catholics, and so I know Mary misses uh, Crusaders and all the meetings and all the wonderful yeah. events here. So, but she's looking forward to going to school in the fall with with Chesterton and right and, and live and and that, you know that's one of the benefits too of being you know Chesterton's a very small model even mm-hmm. the, the oldest school which I think is is maybe turning nine or ten I think this year I could be wrong on that so don't quote me but. Um, even the largest schools are about a hundred students, and the model really is not meant to be a large school. You'd never see a Chesterton Academy with a thousand students. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's meant to be kept low, and so the nice part is that that's really good. Whatever the yeah. rules might be in August and September, who knows what our our governor may have in store for us. But the nice part is we'll have a lot less students to probably worry about than a lot of the the larger schools. So sure, yeah, I mean. Yeah, you could very easily fit under, I mean, let's say it's 50 people. Right. I mean, that's, it's doable. that'd be no problem. Right. No problem. We've got the classrooms. We can spread out. We can buy lots of soap and lots hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. And oh, look. <laughs> I suppose masks, although I hate them. But if, if we got to be do that to be compliant with the law, then, then we'll do what we have to do. Right. Um, but, uh yeah, so like I said, a lot of exciting things going on. It, but but you're going forward. You're we're going, going forward. forward. Yeah, full speed ahead. Full speed ahead. So you you were going to do a gala um, fundraising. Are you? What kind of fundraising are you doing now, given the current situation? Sure. So what we're more or less left with is what everybody else is doing, which would be like an online gala. And mm-hmm. so we actually are. We're going to have our online gala on June twentieth mm-hmm. this year at, at seven p.m. It's a Saturday. Uh, we're lining up some great speakers for that. So I'm actually very excited. Um, back to our Peoria connections. Um, we happen to be uh, friends with, through American Heritage Girls and our Catholic communities there, uh, Bonnie Engstrom, who, if you don't know, is 
her son received the first approved miracle attributed to Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Oh wow! So the miracle that led that led to will lead to his beatification whenever the various yes. dioceses quit fighting about whatever. Um, but we all know that Venerable Fulton Sheen uh, should and will be beatified very soon, and that was the very miracle that happened. And Monty's going to be with us to to speak at our event. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's really great. We'll also be joined by Dale Alquist, who is the founder of the Chesterton nice. Schools Network and and the Chesterton Society, and who plays G.K. Chesterton on on EWTN <laughs> in his I don't know what is that show called, but anyway, it's whatever Chesterton show. Where he plays Chesterton yeah. and says Chesterton things. Yeah, he's kind of the Chesterton guy. And, yeah, and he's... he's a great speaker. I've, <laughs> you know, in in training for this, I've I've gone to other online galas where he's been speaking, and so mm-hmm. I've, I've kind of trying to learn the ropes. And um, but we're going to make it as entertaining as possible. Um, you know, if you're interested, we are all you know we're having information sessions. So whether you're mm-hmm. whether you have a prospective student or whether you're just interested in uh, learning more about a, a truly you know, uh, classical education and a Catholic tradition, and it's truly Catholic, uh, and you want to find out more about that or what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, come check us out. Um, Where do they go to? They would go to our website. You can go to Chesterton I Heart. So the name of our Chesterton Academy is Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart. Nice. And so it's Chesterton, and then the letter I, and then heart.org. And that's our website. You could also find us on Facebook if you do the Facebook thing. Uh, we're at, uh, you just look for our page at Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart. You can find us there as well. Well, that is very exciting. That's very exciting uh, for the Greca family. I'm very glad that the Greca family has found their way to Volo, um, to St. Peter and Volo. And I'm very excited for Chesterton Academy. It'll be a new era for St. Peter's to have a school uh, full once again, uh, to have uh you know, we we always have people for a daily mass, but to have a, a choir for daily mass would be incredible. Um, that's such a that's such a great gift. So, Chesterton Academy is in my prayers, and uh, I would encourage everyone to keep this good work in in your prayers that uh, God's will will be done, uh, that the that uh, God's providence will show forth in this uh, this work, which can has the potential to lead many, many souls to heaven. I mean, think of the one thing that we need uh, in this life is to save souls. And to save souls, uh, we need to prepare ourselves to save souls, And which means we need education, which means we have to dig in and do the work of learning of our faith and learning to use reason and putting those things together and with the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, to go out and tell the world who who God is, this is this is that work, and, and uh, I'm very, I'm very hopeful, very excited. So, well, thank you, thank for thank being you. here, for taking the journey from Michigan to Peoria to Long Grove to Wakanda to Volo, and oh. um, yeah, God bless you. So let us, uh, let's end with a prayer. Remember, O most gracious gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, that never never was it known that that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, 
O Virgin of virgins, my mother, to thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you will meet me in St. Louis, Louis. 